Hey, this is Milana Rashic, and you are listening to A Space. Down the line, it's a one-point ball game. Two outrageous bits of defense, the flipper included. This time they go short to Rasic, who makes no mistake. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the A Space, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV where every week we speak to a star of the game. Uh, This week, it's not just a star, it's a superstar. And we welcome back for the second episode, Milena Rasic. Hello, Milena. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm so happy to see you again, guys. Oh, you say all the right things. Um, Before (laughs) I follow up on that, Dan, you're, you're joining us today. Hello, mate. Good to see you. I'm back. I'm really happy that I could hop in for this episode. We've Really excited for, uh, to have Milena with us today. Uh, now, Milena, you may have noticed that we've started to put the podcasts out as a video and not just an audio format. And Dan has done his hair and put his glasses on today. So I'm expecting big things. Should I put some glasses on also? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just... We can, uh, okay, my go. hair is Put a little bit messy, but uh, it's fine. No, your hair looks great. To be fair, I've put a hat on because in <laughs> the UK, the barbers are still closed. So I'm faced with a, with a pretty <laughs> ungainly mop at the moment. Okay, um, that's but... more than fine. <laughs> um, right, in episode one, we spoke about your stellar club career. And I'd love to spend a little bit more time being like, how are you? How is everyone? What did you have for dinner? But... We've got so much volleyball to talk about. I think we should get straight on with it. And we're going to talk about the the decade of dominance uh, with the Serbia national team today because it's it's quite remarkable. Um, I'd like to start at the very beginning, though. When you first got the call up, Milena, and you knew you were going to be playing for the Serbia national team, can you remember how that happened? Yeah, I, I actually I can remember like it happened yesterday because uh, I was with the youth national team in some other city in Belgrade and they just called me and they said okay tomorrow you're coming back from that competition and you have to join us to the senior national team and I was really afraid that I started shaking I was like no I don't want to leave this city I'm afraid to go there they're all older than me I don't know how to how I will react there blah 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 and then that was the day I joined, and it was to 2009. Now, so I'm, 11 years ago. I'm noticing a pattern here because you said that you were nervous when you moved club teams as well. So, so what do you think it is about those, about those new experiences that makes you think, no, don't want to do it? Yeah, I'm super afraid every, every single time, because, especially on the first day, because I don't know anyone. Uh, talking about national team, those girls I only knew from TV because I followed volleyball on TV and that's all. I never spoke with them or anything else. So now I had to go there to practice with them and to speak with them. And I was really, really afraid. But of course, they, they accepted me pretty good. So after that, I felt like a little kid there and it was really nice. After. Did yeah. any of your uh, teammates from that uh, junior national team join you later on? Uh, with, some, on the- some of them, yeah. Some of them, yes. So what was the, so, so it was literally then you were with the junior national team and the phone went and it was like, right, you, you, you're with us. Did you expect to get that call? And 
if not, do you think it was the kind of thing where everyone else was like, well, of course, Malena's going to get that call. She's literally the only one who doesn't expect this to happen. Honestly, I didn't, ex I didn't accept that call. But uh, at that time, that was uh, the last year of that generation of uh, junior national team. So we were supposed to go out to the senior team or to play in some club without any national team. So I was uh, kind of expecting, okay, maybe if they call me, I'd be really happy. But at that moment, when I got the call, I was, I was really nervous. And uh, it seemed like, oh, come on, I cannot do this. It's too much for me. I'm too young for that. I don't know. I, I will not uh, handle one practice and not the whole summer. So I was really, really happy at the moment. Uh, and all the teammates, they came to me and they were even more happy than me. <laughs> because I didn't know what was going on at that point. But after that, was really... It was one of the, the best things that ever happened to me. Well, I should say, crikey. Um, can you remember who the, the senior players were who maybe put an arm around you and made you feel welcome in that first camp? Uh, actually, all of them, because that was really, uh, that generation of the national team was, I don't know, Vesna Čitakovic. You probably know her. She was the captain of that time. Uh, Maja Ognjenovic, she's still here. Uh, Jelena Nikolic, Jovana Brakočević, and many more, yeah. So, so a lot of players you played with for for quite a few years, especially in the first half of the, uh, the decade. Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, a couple of years. I was the youngest one there, and we played all together. But then uh, year by year, the, some of them they stopped playing for national team, and the uh, generation just changed. Um, so, was that uh, what was the first competition you played in? Then was it Euro League? Uh, it was universe university. I don't know how to spell oh, yeah. it in English. It was in Belgrade, but after that, it was European Championship in Poland. The one you won? Nope. Oh, no. It's all right. So this, so <laughs> we won the, the European one. Championship 2011 in Belgrade, but in That's Poland, right. we were really bad. <laughs> well, do you know what? There aren't, there aren't many sort of blips in the career, but there's, there's one that I want to talk about in particular, but we'll talk about some good stuff first. I don't want to start on a negative note. Uh, let's talk about that first European Championship victory then. It was 2011, wasn't it? Got my yeah. ears wrong. Uh, for those who are listening and not watching on the video, I'm just slapping myself on the wrist there for getting my, <laughs> for getting my facts wrong. But, but do you think 2011 and, and that European gold medal, was that, like, was that the start of, of the revolution, if you like, with Serbian women's volleyball? Kind of, because the good thing was that we played in Belgrade in front of our tribune. So it was a really great feeling playing in front of all of those people who came to support us. And it was literally full. And uh, um, actually in that semi-final against Turkey, we won. But I don't know how we won because we played five sets and it was really, it was really a good game. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we won that, then we played against Germany also. If I remember, it was five sets. So yeah, it was two, two, two epics. Yeah. Yeah. It was two games in two days, really difficult ones, and it was really hard to play. Uh, but uh, we just had, let's say, those wings because we were playing in Belgrade and uh, we were really happy after we, we won the championship because uh, a lot of people in Serbia they started celebrating even after the, the last point of the game. The whole all streets in Belgrade, they were full, not only Belgrade, in whole Serbia, they were just driving cars with the flags and everything. It was really good celebration here in Serbia. Well, I was watching, I was actually watching that match today against Germany, uh, just like the full match. and. The crowd there was just energy was unbelievable. It was, yeah. it was really fun to see. And 
maybe a decade later coming back uh, having another European Championships. Uh, you know why? Because uh, it, it doesn't happen that often that we can play something in Serbia, especially nothing that important like uh, finals of European Championship. Yeah. <laughs> so all the people, they just come and, and watch the games because uh, I, I mean, I wish we can play here every, sing every single season, but it's not possible. Yeah. So they, they enjoyed every moment. Because yeah. that was the... When you, when you won that gold medal then, um, did anything change because that was like the first major success for a serbian national team wasn't it you'd, you'd won things before and and sort slightly less important competitions but that was the first moment where you all arrived as a team right yeah uh, that was our first let's say big medal for the serbian national team and it was a huge success but i don't think that the moment when we came as a team. I think the moment was in Rio, because after Rio we started playing on a high, really high level that we won also 2017 and 2018, that we won a lot of uh, cups. So I think that was the, the moment that we just started playing uh, as a really good team. And 2011, it was really a, a really huge success because uh, we played that and uh, Actually, we didn't we didn't expect that we will win the championship, but at the end we played pretty good, and that just happened. Well, I notice you you skipped ahead there to 2016, but you don't just get to jump five years because yeah, there yeah. was there was that one blip. So I'd have thought after 2011, um, you you actually mentioned yourself there you didn't necessarily expect it, but 2012 wasn't great, was it? No, that's why I skipped it. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Till 2015, when we got qualified for the Olympics in Rio, and uh, those years before that, we weren't. I don't know. We just had some bad periods that we didn't play good and we didn't win anything. So I just want to forget that time. And <laughs> well, let's quickly dip in and out of of London then, because you didn't get out of the group and you didn't win a game. Admittedly, it was. A really tough group. You had Turkey, Brazil, South Korea, China, and USA. And there's no such thing as an easy game in Olympic volleyball. But do you have any positive memories of your first Olympic experience? I mean, of course, there, there will be always a positive memory because it was my first Olympics and I was really excited to go there and to see uh, all the village and uh, the competition gyms and everything. But at the end, when you come back without uh, not winning, not even one game, and it's terrible feeling. <laughs> so that's why I just want to forget it <laughs> as soon as possible. Do you feel like it gave you any extra uh, motivation, any extra fuel, you know, the next few years? You're like, okay, this, the next Olympic cycle, 2012 to 2016, this is, you know, I can't yeah. let that happen again. It can be because it's like, it was really a terrible, like, disaster. So we just want to show a better episode of national team. So that's why we were waiting for 2016 to get better as a team, to play better and to try to win something. Go on then, should we let us skip to 2016? Dan? Yes, please. <laughs> enough, enough, enough London, Dave. Dave, yeah. talking about the... Well, uh, <laughs> look, you look, at, you look at Milena's career, Dan, and there is so much success. There have been so... Obviously, there have been setbacks with injuries and, and other personal disappointments, but when you look at the results, there have been so few bad ones. We have to spend at least a little bit of time talking about it, uh, if there is. All right, then, let's, let's move 
2016 and those Rio Olympics and obviously the the incredible success of being the first Serbian women's national team to get an Olympic medal and a very different Olympic experience, I'd imagine. Uh, where would you like to start with that, Milena? Well, I don't know, because um, we went there, we actually, we just went there to, to play the best we can, to give our best and uh, to try to at least go out of the group. Mm. Like didn't happen in London. But at the end, we started playing on a really high level, game by game. We were improving. And then when we played against Russia in quarterfinals, when we won 3-0, we were like, oh, we can do a lot of things in this Olympics. So we have to try to get more, to, to push more. So that's why in uh, that semifinal against USA, we basically lost that game. And mm -hmm. then in fifth, in fifth set, I don't know. I really don't know what happened, but we just changed the that set and we won the game and no one was really like oh ha, what happened what just happened we won the semi-final game and we are in the finals of olympics it's a really huge success especially for the country like serbia we are pretty small uh comparing to the other countries that they were in uh, fighting for the medal and then we were we were like in a dream you know that you're in the finals and we couldn't sleep that night and uh, we couldn't even speak and then when we start, started getting a lot of messages and uh, a lot of things from the people from serbia not only from serbia from all around the world we were like okay we have to fight more to try to get that gold medal that at the end we couldn't make it but okay at least also in second place in olympics is a really great thing and that semi-final against the USA, it's wow. one of the that best. That was hell of a game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just sometimes individual matches really stick out. And, and that was certainly one of them. From me as a, as a fan's perspective, anyway, I mean, I, I've got no idea how you all hold it together on the court. Because every uh, I don't know either. <laughs> because, you know, after the, game, after the game, I couldn't remember half of the game. <laughs> that I had to watch... I had to watch afterwards in, uh, on YouTube or whatever it was at that point. And I had to watch the game because I couldn't remember half of the, the game. It was really tough because you are full of adrenaline and everything and you're just, you just want to win and that's all. Were, were there points where you're like, Milena, what, what were you thinking at that point? What were you doing? And you're like, well, I, no I, I couldn't remember. I didn't think. <laughs> I didn't think. <laughs> uh, let's take it back to the, to the beginning then, uh, particularly with regards to olympic volleyball because you know playing the the level of club volleyball you do you don't get a lot of rest time anyway because you know between the champions league and the national league and, and the national cups but olympic volleyball seems different again it is so many intense games in such a short period of time how do you cope with that from a playing perspective well it's not easy because every summer you have at least two competitions on a high level, of course, because every summer you have Nations League for sure. Mm -hmm. And also there is a European Championship or World Championship, or you play World Cup, or you play Olympics ga Olympic Games. So every competition has some really, it's, it's pretty important for us. So you have to push the whole summer and it's not easy to stay in the same condition for every competition. So we are just, let's say we are used to it, that we don't stop, that we don't rest. We have a rest, I don't know, for five, six days maybe in the season. 
and and that's all and uh, even when you don't do anything for these five six days you you forget how to play volleyball that's sad <laughs> but it's really it's really funny when you come back after that rest and try to touch the ball it's really funny to see Dave, when's the last time you've played volleyball? When was the last time I played volleyball? Well, you saw the last time I tried to hit a volleyball because it was January when we were trying to do that keep-up challenge in Appledorn. And honestly, (laughs) yeah, a little bit. But I just assume, because you've been playing at such a high level for so long, it's it's like riding a bike, Milena, and you never forget. And it's always that good. Is Is that not the case? Yeah, I mean, it's also, it's normal that we need some, some rest sometimes. Mm, so it, it's also normal that sometimes you don't miss volleyball when you take rest. <laughs> because well, that's the only thing you're doing the whole season, the whole year. So sometimes it's good to take some days off and just think about something else but volleyball. It, well, I, I mean, wanted, it's lot. I wanted to talk to you about this a little bit later on, but soon as you brought it up, we'll do it now. Um, th- your group of players with the national team seem to have a really good relationship with the coaching staff. I spoke to Tiana a little bit earlier this year and, and she said that she just spoke to the coach and said that she was tired and she needed a rest. And it, it seems like you're able to have that really honest discussion with your teammates and with the coaches that if you do need a break, you can, you can just say that. that like, not all teams have that. Oh, well, for me, I think that's a normal thing to have that connection uh, between players and the uh, staff. Because uh, if you're going to play something that actually you are tired, but you're going to play anyway, so it will not be the same level like you when you're happy and uh, completely rest to, to play volleyball and to, to compete. So also not only Tiana, also me. Last, last summer, I spoke with uh, our head coach of national team, and I said, okay, I need, I need a break this summer because I'm full. <laughs> I'm really full. I need to take a rest because I also started getting injuries pretty quick. And my head was full of volleyball. I just needed to take some rest and to be with my family more and, uh, you know, to just think about something else and to enjoy something else except volleyball. So, and after the summer, I felt really like a new. And I started missing volleyball and I was like, okay, now I'm ready to play again. Let's, let's bring it on. So when the team won Euro Volley in 2019 then, when you were having your break, how did that make you feel? Uh, actually, I was uh, in Ankara for those uh, semi-final and finals game. I was there on Tribune and I didn't feel good at all because I was just sitting there. And uh, then I missed that feeling of playing and being on the court with the girls. And uh, when they asked me, like, uh, is it easier to be on a tribune or to be on the court? I said, of course, it's easier to be on the court, <laughs> to play 10 sets than to sit on the bench for, for three sets, of course. But I, I just couldn't stay calm. And uh, I was really, I was cheering them uh, so badly. And I think I was the loudest one in the gym. But at the end, they won. And I was, I was really happy, like I was on the court with them. Do you think maybe you needed to, to see that, though, to make you realise that you did miss it and you did still want to be a part of it at that level? Yeah, actually, that, that was the, the result. <laughs> I couldn't wait for this summer. And then, and then this happened. So at least we, we are practising together so we can see each other. How much does it help, though, to have some other players, uh, you know, on the Serbian national team that can step up and play so, you know, if the starter, if the main starter needs to take a break, then there's another player ready to step up and produce still at a, at a very high level. 
Uh, actually, I think that we have a lot of good players, uh, especially in those first 14, 14 players, that we always have someone who can change that player who wants to take rest. And actually that was uh, happened also in the in the last European Championship in Turkey, that uh, this girl, Mina Popovic, she, she did a great job. Uh, as a middle blocker, she did a really great job and she proved a lot. And uh, I also, I spoke with her and I said, uh, wow, you, you really did a great thing on the court and thank you a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot because, I mean, yeah, they just didn't feel like I wasn't there. We've moved on quickly uh, here because, as I said, there's so much to talk about and I could talk to you all day about it. But I wanted to box off the Olympics first because, of course, you did end up on the podium. It was a silver medal and you, you look to your side and you see China on top of the podium and United States of America next to them. Did it feel different being on the Olympic podium to the other podiums that you've been on and, and how proud did that make you compared to other incredible achievements that you've had? I just got bumps, bumps, right? Yeah, goosebumps. No, goosebumps. goosebumps. I just got goosebumps because uh, I remember that moment. Um, of course, it's different because the Olympics, there. this is the biggest competi competition for uh, every athlete and it's the biggest dream for, for every athlete, of course. And uh, to see your team on the podium, it's something really amazing that I cannot even describe, describe by words. And that moment, I was really proud and, uh, of all the girls and also the coaching staff. And uh, I just, I really cannot describe that feeling. But of course, that we were all crying. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you can see that, that also on our photos from the, the Olympics after the uh, ceremony. And it's really, I mean, of course, it's different. But still, it's something amazing and something that I will never forget. You don't need an You don't need a second invitation to have a cry, either, do you? You, you <laughs> love a cry. <laughs> just sometimes, just for the good things. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, also, you were in the dream team, the Olympic dream team as well, weren't you? Best middle blocker at the Olympic Games. Yeah, I was, and I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> until, until no, really, because they didn't say anything on the ceremony. It looked like there was no dream team, and then they just posted on some site or something. I, I don't know. Someone, someone just told me there is a, actually a dream team because they didn't really say anything on the ceremony. You have to scroll your phone at home and you're like give a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was in a dream team. Yeah. Ah, oh, I don't know why, but it, it was like that. I'm quite disappointed with that. I thought there was going to be a lovely story about a presentation that you got and an extra medal oh. to go alongside the silver. No, I just read it on the internet, sorry. <laughs> oh, well. Well, I read it on the internet too. But at least we know it happens. It's there, it's there in the history yeah. books. And, yeah. and no, one can, no one can take that away from you. Um, you talked about sort of crying on the podium and your teammates. When you look at all the, all the top teams, all of their rosters, player for player, are amazing. And there are these key moments in games that very often Serbia seem to come out on the right side of. You look at the amount of five-set epics you've been in over the years, you invariably win them 3-2. Um, what do you think it is about you and your team and everybody else involved that means you can come through those clutch situations so well? I think the main key is Ognjenovic because she really... 
she knows how to think in these these moments that we don't think really we just we are just trying to to make the best uh, action at that at that uh, moment uh, possible so uh, i mean ogyanovic is the main uh, key because um, I don't know. She always uh, plays with some player that the opponent doesn't expect at all. You know, they, for example, Boshkovic. They, they are hundred percent sure that she will set to Boshkovic at the end. She set to completely other side, and there is a zero or one block. <laughs> so I mean that she knows how to play in those important moments, and all of the players they are of course ready for the ball because they also don't expect. But uh, at the end, she always chose good, and uh, I think that was main main thing. Dan, what were you doing in 2018? 2018. I was probably watching volleyball, watching uh, the World Championships. Were you watching Milena Rasic win everything under the sun? Yeah, pretty impressive going, yeah, the club, the club season and the summer season was crazy. Yeah. I mean, so obviously you became a world champion, but going into that, did you just feel untouchable? Like every time you stepped on the court, you and your team were unbeatable. Not really untouchable, but we just felt like we can do a lot on the championship. Like, okay, we won a silver medal in, in Rio. So yeah. we, we saw that we can play on a high level. So we just go inside and court. We just go on the court and, okay, just give 100% of yours and that, that's all. So we will see the result. And... Uh, we were pretty relaxed. We played pretty relaxed that we didn't have any pressure, literally any pressure. And we, we enjoyed the volleyball. And uh, at the end, of course, in that finals against Italy. Wow. <laughs> I mean... That was a heavy game. <laughs> well, we talked about the, the Olympic semi-final against the United States of America. That final against Italy, the, another five-setter that you yeah. came out on the right side of. Just... I mean, I've used the word epic a number of times. But, but that, that's actually even better because that's the real final. Yeah, correct. Um, and this time you were the top of the podium, uh, a world champion, yeah. an international world champion to go with your club world championships. Um, what's the pinnacle then? Is it the world championship or the Olympic medal? Oh, oh that's a heavy question, eh? Yeah, it is. I mean, if if there was a gold in Olympics, then Olympics for sure. There's but still time. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. At this moment, maybe world championship because it's still it's a gold and it's a world championship. So let's say that. I always thought the world championship is actually probably harder to win gold in because there's more games you have to play. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, we, played, we played a lot of games. I don't know why, but we really played a lot of games. You really actually, actually, There was yeah. that second pool stage as well, wasn't there? Yeah, so exactly. you, you won all your games in the pool. Then who did, was, it, was it Italy and Japan you had to beat again? And then the playoffs yeah. start? It's like the never-ending competition. You know, that's, that's the worst thing in, a, in one competition, that you have to play twice against the same opponent. Mm. And it's really tough to win twice against the same team in the same competition. It's really hard because if you win them once, of course, you will start the game a little bit relaxed than the last time, and then you get into trouble. Mm. It's not easy. (laughs) What's it like um, playing against a team in a major championships 
in their own country. So you didn't play against Brazil in Rio, did you? But you did play against Japan in the World Championship in Japan. How difficult is that? It's super difficult because, uh, as, I, as I said before, uh, for European Championship in Belgrade, it was tough to play against us because we had a lot of supporters and we just felt we are at home, we can play good. But playing against Japan in Japan, it's really tough. I can say that because they're always full. Gym is always full. doesn't matter if there is a Japan playing or someone else. But if you play against them, it's really... Because they're also super loud and they just support their team. And they're super nice. I mean, after the game, they're really super nice. But still, they, they support them for the, for the whole game. But at the end, they just support the good volleyball thing. So... At some point, you just think, okay, they're supporting me, so we're fine. <laughs> we're well, fine. I wonder what kind of support you'll get during the Olympics because so many Japanese volleyball fans will have seen you win the world championships in Japan. So they'll, they'll be, well, obviously they'll want Japan to win, but maybe they'll think, I've seen Serbia play. I like Serbia. I know they're good. I wonder if you might be everybody's second favorite team coming to that Olympics. Yeah, actually, because every time when we went to Japan, we came back with some of the medals. So I can see that Japan brings us really good luck. And we really love Japan and all Japanese people they, because they are really cute and they are really supportive. And uh, they are always coming with the thousands of thousands of presents and that sometimes you don't even have uh, space enough in, in your package for coming back. <laughs> But uh, they're really nice and I love them so much. And it's always a pleasure and it's really nice to play there. Saying all these nice things, Dan, trying to get them on side. I, I know exactly what you're doing, Milena. I see right through it. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Japanese fans, though, because they're also, they're also just a lot of them. I mean, they're fans of Japan, but they're also a lot of them are fans of volleyball. Yeah. Like exactly, really, yeah. You see their, their Twitter, Japanese volleyball Twitter, anything. They, they know all the players. They know all this, the results. They... The really passionate fan base. And yeah, they, like you said, like you said, they, they love volleyball. They, they, it's a wonderful sporting culture, actually. And, and when they do get the opportunity to, to host something, the, the job they do is unbelievable. I mean, you've just got to look at the, at the 2018 Volleyball World Championships, but they also hosted the Rugby World Cup. And being from Wales, rugby is a huge sport here. And a video went viral of a group of Japanese schoolchildren singing the Welsh national anthem to the Welsh team in a language they wouldn't even know existed. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're brilliant. I can't wait for the Olympics. I'm going to ask you straight up, Milena, are you going? To the Olympics? Uh, yes. Good. Okay, just check in. We can box that off and we can If move nothing changes for the next year, yes, I'm ready. Good. <laughs> well... The thing is, with the with the breaks and everything, I mean, I assumed that it was because you wanted to be physically and mentally ready for the Olympics, but you just never know. Maybe you might have thought, nah, I've, I've done it now, been there, done it. I was, trust me, I was fully ready to go this summer, but at the end, this happened, so now I'm ready for the next season. I mean, from a fan's perspective, Dan, that's what we want to hear, isn't it? Best players ready and ready <laughs> yeah, to no. go. Well, it's great we get the opportunity to talk to you and the fans get the opportunity to listen because, you know, it's <laughs> not stuff that all the fans are, are aware of, right? So mm -hmm. it's I'll be there. Good. Good. That's, yeah, perfect. Um, it seems as though you've got a really good 
atmosphere in the team as well. Sort of throughout the the ages, there are various stories of um, when you were all a little bit younger, maybe having some time in nightclubs. I won't ask you about that. I look on, um, I, I look online, and I see some some video blogs that players have made. And when you're when you're all together as a unit, it seems like you all really enjoy each other's company in the Serbia national team. Yeah, exactly, because uh, actually the, I think the atmosphere is what made us be that much successful mm. because we have also really good atmosphere on the court and also outside of the court. So we just we are just trying to make fun also on the court in Finas, you know, to, to speak a lot, to laugh a lot. So we can be like completely uh, in, 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 into the court and just to enjoy what, enjoy what we are doing and that's all. What do you see um how would you describe your role in the team and is it different on the court and off the court i'm dj in the team that's enough <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm trying i'm trying to give a good atmosphere uh, before the game with my music so well, i think that's a uh, pretty important thing eh? yeah i should say <laughs> what are the big hits yeah what are you listening to right now what or what's the uh, what's going to be the next anthem for the for the national team, uh, it's mostly some of the Serbian songs. So I don't think you will know. <laughs> we will see for the next year. We will see if there is something new, some new song that we like, or that will be something old. I don't know. But mostly Serbian songs. Can you do me a favor? And I mean this. Can you um, can you send me some? Because like I said to you before, I spoke to Tiana and she said she was going to send me some Serbian music, and she never did. And I'm I'm fascinated because. I wouldn't know where to start. I couldn't name you. Like, who are some who are some Serbian celebrities that we may have heard of? Oh, I don't think you you, you did hear any anyone here in Serbia. Really, it's not really um, famous in the world. Really, really the, the stuff. Yeah, I mean, the the most famous, let's say, it's Teta, but I don't think you you've heard of, of her, right? <laughs> No, correct, I haven't. <laughs> That's I what mean, I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, you've got some pretty famous sports people, though. Who? Djokovic, he's Serbian, isn't he? Uh, yeah, but he's not a singer. Well, no, I, mean, I, said, can I sing. said sports can people. Sing, but... <laughs> oh, can he? <laughs> I'd love that. All of a sudden, I turn on, like, Serbian X Factor. Oh, we are talking, we are about, talking about singers. We are okay. talking about singers that yeah, you don't uh, know. I was like, is there a song that he released that I'm not uh, familiar that, with? No, not, not yet. We will I know, maybe. <laughs> can, you, can you try and arrange it so maybe you and the rest of the national team do like a charity single or something, like all of you guys singing a song? I think that would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, actually, we all love to sing, but we don't know how to sing, so it doesn't sound really nice. I've, I've actually heard a rumour that um, some of you quite enjoy getting on the karaoke after a competition's yeah, finished that's me right is it okay <laughs> actually i i'm the one pushing all of them to go for karaoke because i really love to sing i wish i can know how to sing but still i, I enjoy a lot and then especially going for karaoke and just enjoying with the uh, with friends that's really the best thing but still i'm trying to learn so dan just make a note of this. My next idea for the big social media volleyball hit is the stars of the game sing their favorite karaoke songs. Oh, I, I, like, I like that idea, Dave. I think, I think you're onto something here. Milena, are you, you in? 
can we? You will, you will lose all of your followers. <laughs> Trust me. Better know. <laughs> uh, what's your what's your go to song then in the karaoke? What's your what's your number one choice? Whatever they choose. I mean, I can sing everything. <laughs> I I what, I just read there and there I can sing. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, this is. But this... I I don't really have like like favorite song to sing. I really don't. It's just quite confident talk. Anyway, back to the back to the volleyball. We are lucky to have some of your precious time, so let's eat the most out of it we can. Um, how much longer can this team dominate for? I mean, it's been ten incredible years, and you've all got age on your side. So, how much longer do you think you've all got in the tank? Uh, for me, honestly, uh, honestly, I think that the last uh, next year will be the last year. Okay. For national team and uh, I don't know for the rest of the girls but uh, I've heard of course of some of them that also it will be the last year of them so I think the generation will change very soon. Do you think a lot of it will depend on how you do? So if in the summer of 2021 you get a medal in Tokyo then a medal at Euro Volley do you think it might be that might be the decision made for you or a lot of you move on and the new generation comes through. Well, uh, if we came out with if we come out with two medals, I think that we would be the best reason to stop to finish on the best possible way. Yeah. What about I, young? I mean, that's oh, that's my plan. We will see, of course, that uh, after that, I'm planning to you know to try to do something else except volleyball during the summer. You know, to enjoy my life and to plan something else. What is it for the future? Oh. But. I'm assuming Anjanovic is going to leave the team too, which would, I mean, there would be a completely different team uh, with yeah. the gone. Yeah, so probably, probably. Maybe there also is an opportunity some for, uh, for other players to come. We are, not, we are not talking about that yet, but yeah, yeah. of course, there will be some more girls. Yeah. So what about the, um, the young players coming through then? Is there anyone who's sort of caught your eye? Anyone you're, you're quite excited about? Because again, I keep referring to this conversation with Tiana but she she did make a point of saying if any of us decide we need a rest she was really pleased that there are a great generation of of young players coming through and also do you feel that you guys are responsible for the young players coming through if you hadn't have shown what could be achieved in the national team at the elite level level maybe some of these young athletes might have gone in a different direction and not volleyball Actually, we do feel a lot of responsibility for the, all these uh, young players, especially with those who already started practicing with us for the last two or three years. They are already in the team and of course they, it's a good thing to have someone older than you and to watch them practicing and to learn uh, all things about volleyball and uh, about the behavior and everything from them. And uh, talking about future, I think we have some players really that can make uh, a good thing. And also, if they keep going with a good coach, of course, they will be, a, let's say, a good team. But on the other side, still, they, have, they need a lot of time to, to get used to it, you know, to start probably making some success. Mm. It's also, it, it, also for our generation, it was not during the night. It was, we need also a couple of years to, to start doing something good. How is it different then, international volleyball? compared to, to club volleyball? Do you feel different pressures or is it... Because you do spend quite a bit of time together, don't you? The club season ends and you kind of have all summer together. But are there any real differences between the two? 
between a club, club between uh, between playing um between playing for your club and playing internationally what are the sort of main differences uh i don't know i think the with the club you have more pressure because uh, i don't know especially for me that i'm playing for one of the best teams in the world for sure and uh, of course there is a lot of pressure because uh, you have to give yourself your 100% of yourself to 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 play good to try to win everything and the rest and on the other side with national team we never had any pressure we just we they just put us there and they said okay just play as as good as you can at this point so we will see the results will come i think that that's the main difference does it still feel like that though even though you've won well you've won medals in every championship at every level does it still feel like no pressure and if so do you guys kind of put pressure on yourselves with expectation because surely you always think you can win gold now actually when you win the gold once then uh, of course before every next competition there is a there is a lot of journalists asking you are you going to do the same thing like on the last one sorry and of course you have to say like you have to push a lot we have to push a lot and oh, there is a small small uh, pressure of course always in our heads but nothing really uh, nothing really important to to make you i don't know nervous or whatever so yeah we don't really feel that we are not under that much pressure in national team even if they want us to win something else <laughs> plus there's there's a lot of tough games in the club level too playing uh you know, you're playing the other teams in the Turkish league and then playing Champions League and playing the top teams in Italy. That's a, uh, that's a, it's a very high level of competition when, you, when you're expected to beat uh, Fenerbahce and to be extra bot. It's, I can never say it. It's just <laughs> bossy. <laughs> the other yeah. Istanbul team. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Also, in, in, with the club, you still have this interna- international competition. So uh, sometimes there is isn't no much difference. <laughs> So let's, I mean, as I said, we could talk about this all day, but we're not going to. Let's rewind it 10 years then. You get that phone call that says you're moving from the junior team to the senior team. Could you imagine you'd be having a conversation 10 years later with a world championship medal, a couple of European golds, an Olympic medal, and a whole host of, what have we got, World Grand Prix, World Cup, Euro League. Was that ever anything that you expected? Could you have dreamt of the success that you and your teammates have achieved? Actually, no. Because, okay, when I was a kid and uh, when I watched all these volleyball superstars on TV, I was like, okay, maybe someday, someday I wish I can be invited for a national team to play with all these girls. But it really, it never seemed like reality, you know, because I was still super young and I don't know how talented I was at that point. Uh, but at the end, when I got that call, then I was okay, now you have to push even more and to try to do something with your life and uh, with your volleyball career. Maybe you can go out of Serbia and uh, to make some huge success with the national team who knows and that was the moment that i decided to push really to push a lot and to to care only about volleyball and uh, that's all now here i am (laughs) here we are 
it's been an amazing generation, isn't it? I mean, you, yeah. you and your teammates to sort of have you all in the same place at the same time. Do you think it's quite possible it'll, it'll never happen again. It's just the, the stars have aligned and it's, yeah, it's just so exciting to watch you every time you, you take the court. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often mm. to have this generation really at the same time, all of the girls, because it was a really great thing. And then the last couple of years, I don't know, that will be a great memory, of course. Mm. Okay, we've got to focus on the future now then. Japan, you're in. That's, that's great news and it's incredibly exciting. Um, what are your expectations, honestly? I don't know. I don't know what to say right now because uh, we will need a lot of time to get into the good condition and to to be ready. But at the end, of course, we have all these uh, seasons with clubs now from uh, from July, and then we have uh, Nations League first next summer, and that will be a great opportunity to to have uh, some good games and uh, also to prepare for the Olympics. And of course, we will have some, some days for good preparations. Uh, and then, of course, we'll go to Japan also before, because we have one city there that uh, it's like a Serbian city, really. Okay. They love Serbian teams so much. They even have all our billboards around the town. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're really cute. They're even selling Serbian food there. And uh, some people, they even speak Serbian. It's really nice to see. So we'll go there for a couple of days to get used to it and to, to practice a little bit. And uh, at the end, I think we have enough time to get ready and to be ready for, for those Olympics. Do you know, I'm not surprised you're talking about finishing after next summer because I didn't, I didn't even think about VNL. To go VNL, Olympics, Euro volley, that's crazy. That's a lot. <laughs> Do the maths in your head, Dan. What's that like? 25 games something like that if you yeah, get to know. What, 15 olympics is six euro volley is nine or ten so yeah even more oh that's so yeah, but, uh, games there is not so many games but uh, in between those games you have to practice a lot yeah every day yeah and the travel, so too, if you look travel. at where, where you're hopping across the globe. <laughs> through all those competitions. Yeah, that's actually, that's the biggest problem uh, during the summer because you don't have so much time for your private life. Oh, what, what a life, though. What a life. Many, many Yay. incredible memories. Um, Dan, I think that would be a good, uh, good moment to wrap it up, don't you? Mystery man. Yeah, well, we have actually, we have another chance to guess our mystery. Oh, man. yes. Mystery oh, man. No. <laughs> mystery man. Of course. <laughs> well, I, I, like, I like your reaction to this one. Okay. Hopefully I will be much better than the last time. Okay. So in, in episode one, Milena, I gave you a clue. I wasn't very good at it, but Dan is a lot more serious than me. So you'll get, you'll get <laughs> another see. clue today. And then in the third episode, you'll get another clue Again, everyone else at home is going to play along. They've had a whole load of clues too. It's not as confusing as it sounds, I promise. But um, Matt and I had a chat with a superstar of the game and we are trying to get the volleyball world to guess who it is before we release the episode. Dan, was that, was that an apt explanation? It was, it was perfect. And if you guys already know, don't hesitate to message us. And if this next clue 
pushes you over the edge. That'll, that'll be very exciting. So are, are, okay. are, are, we, are we ready for the clue? Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying yeah. I was literally in on the episode. I know who. Yeah, you know who it is, Dave. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now this is this is kind of an interesting one. This will help narrow it down a bit. How tall are you? Two and three. Okay, so we found out that he's two meters and three centimeters, which doesn't narrow it down because that is pretty much the height of every player in volleyball. Um, Next, please. (laughs) Next, next, next. (laughs) That's pretty tall, though. I think, uh, you know, there's not a lot of outside hitters that are that tall. So that's, that's kind of like in middle territory. Have we found out he's an outside hitter yet, or have you given that away? Ooh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure oh, it's yet. okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, is it? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's quite tall. Would you, like to, would you like to have a guess? I mean, you're going to have a guess, Malena, and no matter what you say, I'm going to say we can neither confirm nor deny. I'm not going to tell you if you're right or it's, wrong. It's outside hitter, right? Outside hitter, two meters three. Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's you're keeping... so many outside hitters with a two meters three. <laughs> you're keeping tight-lipped. Okay, that's fine. You've got one more episode and uh, you'll have more clues by then. And I'm sure you will, uh, you'll give us a good guess. But um, this has been absolutely lovely, Milena. Thank you so much for, for giving us an insight and I'm so glad that you've said that you're you're still committed to the Serbia team moving forward because yeah it's it's brilliant and there is there is one shiny gold medal missing from the collection isn't there yes oh that (laughs) would be my yeah really that is my dream oh but we will see of course there will be so many teams competing for that so we will see if it does happen, I think they should give you all crowns and fly you home on a golden jet because honestly, <laughs> just that. I no. Know. <laughs> I mean, I get nervous just watching the Olympics <laughs> without a team to cheer for. Just it's, much it's, easier, it's much easier playing there, trust me. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I'm afraid we'll both have to take your word for it. Because <laughs> 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 oh, unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely incredible stuff. Um, yeah, so next time we've got one more episode with you and we are going to find out what makes you tick off the court. We're welcoming Key Michael back for that one. Dan, two episodes a week, but three releases a week in the podcast. Just, uh, just remind the listeners when and where they can keep in touch with the A-Space. So we have, we have one episode on Monday uh, with a superstar guest, another episode on Friday, and that'll be an unscripted episode or debate episode with some extra commentary, some mm-hmm. extra uh, piece of information from our, from our great hosts. And yeah, you can get in touch with the A-Space on all our social media channels at the CEV. If you want to write to us, uh, the A-Space at CEV.eu. I guarantee you, if you guys write, we'll include the question in the podcast. So if you want to be included in a future one, don't, don't be afraid to write to us. And uh, yeah, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. And Milena, any message for the fans before we sign off? Well, uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, I'm sending you a lot of love from that break. Perfect. Thank you, Milena. And thank you very much for listening. This has been the A-Space, as Dan said, Monday and Friday for the podcast, Wednesday for the video. The hashtag is Let Volleyball Talk. Like, subscribe, tell your friends and stay on the journey. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.